ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you have ideas or topics for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet us. Use the Twitter handle at sfdiocese and the hashtag ignition. Again, sfdiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and the hashtag ignition, and that will get your tweet properly routed to us at ignition. Um, Father Dickinson is not with is not able to be with me this week. He will be back next week uh, as we approach the the end of Lent. So it'll be good to have him back. In the meantime, though. Um, I did not have to go to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I, I have one of my, the, let's see, I think this is trademarked, illustrious, oh, illustrious guests, yeah. co-host, guest co-hosts, uh, Renee Leach. Hi, Renee. Hi, everybody. Hi, Chris. Uh, so, uh, Renee, in case somebody's listen, tuning in to Ignition for the first time, we should probably introduce ourselves a little bit. Okay. So, uh, ladies first. Oh, thank you. Uh, my name is Renee Leach. I work in the Human Resources Office here at the Diocese. I am an average Catholic woman, um, married, two kids, have a granddaughter who is perfect in every single way. <laughs> every way. And um, am passionate about all things Catholic and the Word of God. Great. Thank you. Um, I, I wonder uh, what if you would say the same thing about your granddaughters, oh, dad. <laughs> You'd be nice to your son. I'm just saying. Don't forget about your poor boy. Oh, he's a good dad. He's a great dad. <clears throat> okay. Uh, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the diocese. Um, married also. Uh, we have five kids. All of them are South Dakotans. I'm a Minnesotan. So we say the O is long. Like, I should do an episode of Ignition like this. Yeah, you, not this one. Not this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that with Father Dickinson. Yeah. It'll annoy him. I don't want to annoy my guest co-hosts. Mm-hmm. I need you guys. Um, so, Renee, you and I are going to be talking about a topic today um, that in many ways, I, I my, this would be my observation. Uh, on the one hand, it's near and dear to your heart. But on the other hand, at least the angle um, that, that this topic came to you at uh, was surprising. Would that be fair? You have no idea. I have no idea about. where you're going with <laughs> Thank this. Thank you. So, 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 uh, right now, again, <laughs> he's scaring me because this is a radio show and not a, a video show. Um, um, there was the brief deer in the headlights look, <laughs> but you covered it quickly, so we didn't have dead air on radio, which is deadly. In radio, yeah, we we don't want no. Air. So thank you for very being very quick to say. What are you talking about, Bergwald? Um, I say that a lot. <laughs> so we are we're going to be talking today about Dr. Scott Hahn's book, Letter and Spirit, which is about uh, one way to describe it is about, it's about liturgy and scripture. You've been on the show before. You're one of my regular guest co-hosts, and and you've talked when you've told your story. The topics we've discussed, scripture is near and dear to your heart. It is. But uh, is it fair to say the way that, that Dr. Hahn in this book talks about scripture within the context of liturgy 
Was that new? Oh, it wasn't new. It was new. It, you know, it, it solidified some things for me. Um, it, it revealed some things to me. Um, I'm, I'm a believer that as Catholics, we've forgotten our story. Right. Uh, we don't know where we've come from. We don't know. And that's why we don't know where we're going because well we don't know where we've been. But um, Dr. Hahn does a beautiful job of just explaining <clears throat> the importance of liturgy in our story. Right. And how scripture intertwines, intertwines is connected and yeah. So what we're going to do, this isn't going to be uh, certainly a formal book review, but we're just going to talk about some of the themes of the books that struck us. want to give a little bit of background to back up. So um, perhaps the name Dr. Scott Hahn isn't familiar to you. Uh, Dr. Hahn is a professor of theology at Franciscan University of Steubenville in Ohio, Steubenville, Ohio. Um, he, he's a convert. He's a convert. He was a, um, a Presbyterian minister and seminary professor. Um, who in the I think mid nine mid eighties rather now, so it's been over thirty years. Um, entered the church, uh, went from being relatively anti-Catholic, uh, convinced uh, as as a young man that the Catholic Church was the whore of Babylon, prophesied by John in the Book of Revelation, um, and that's a that's an opinion that many, especially fundamentalist Christians, would hold. Um, Scott was a Presbyterian, but he had that opinion, uh, and and so he worked to save a lot of people out of the Catholic Church as he tells the story, uh, came to realize the significant error of his ways in that regard, <laughs> entered the church and has been teaching theology and really passionate about teaching Catholics scripture as a Catholic ever since. Yes. Um, the book that we're talking about today, Letter and Spirit, came out in 2005. So it's not a brand new book by any means, but um, I actually recently uh, was at a meeting that Dr. Han was also at, and I thanked him um, for this book. I've, I had read it previously, uh, and then I read it again more recently, um, with Renee actually. Um, so, so I've read it twice, but the previous time, this time I was really struck by a number of things. So I wanted to thank him for the book. And he, if you, if you've ever seen or heard Dr. Han, um, he is very passionate about his faith. And so he, when I thanked him, he, he got excited and he said for him, um, this book is his, uh, manifesto. Yes. It's in many ways it summarizes a number of brings together a number of key themes in his work and the things that he desires to make more known among Catholics. And it's not a book to read um, at night before you go to bed. <laughs> why why it, not? It's because it is so rich and so deep, and there's so much in there that it's something that needs to be prayed over and studied and chewed on and discussed with a friend and. Very good. So uh, excellent book. So so, just some general things, Renee, about the book. Um, for you, as a self-described average Catholic woman, um, level of difficulty in reading and understanding comprehension. Um, there, I have to be honest. There was there were times in there where I were was um, writing down words and their definitions so that I would remember them. But I'm a very visual learner. And for a lot of time, for me, I have to write things down in order to keep it. Um, so it's, it's, it's a theology book. It's, it's, it's not an, it's not an easy read. Like I said, it's not something that you're going to read before you go to bed at night. It's something that you need to sit down and take some time with. In the introduction or forward to the book, he, the introduction, I think, 
uh, the forward is by somebody else. In the introduction to the book, he talks about this is the book, first book that he wrote for two audiences that he's written for before. So he, prior to Letter in the Spirit, he'd number, written a number of books at the popular level. Um, right. So his conversion story together with his, with his wife, Kimberly, um, Rome Home Sweet Home. Sweet. Yep. Um, his book on mass and Re the book of revelation, the lamb supper, um, a book on Mary, hail, Holy queen. And I think maybe another book or two. Uh, well, yeah, there were a couple of the books that he wrote that were more for a popular audience. He's also as a theologian, as a professor written at the academic level in, uh, journals for other scholars and so on. This is the first book where he was trying to write really for both audiences. I think he succeeded in it. Um, again, I'm not a theologian. I um, I have a I have a college degree, but um, I don't consider myself uber intelligent um, when it comes to these things. So the fact that I could um, read it and understand it and get excited about it, I think he succeeded in his goal of writing for both. Okay, so that so I'm, I'm glad you said that because so a little bit of difficulty. I mean, you wrote took some notes, worked on some definitions, right? but not so difficult that it was laborious. You, you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very okay. much. Okay. Very much. So let's, let's dive into the, some of the content. Um, what, what are some of the themes that really struck you? Let me, we'll start that way. Um, I was, I was struck by the fact um, and reminded by the fact that, that uh, liturgy came first and that what we understand and what we know about um, God's promises were because of, and, and again, yes, liturgy and scripture is combined, but I was struck by the fact that the Bible wasn't written um, until way later right. um, after Jesus had died. And so yet we had these rituals of ways to worship God going all the way back to creation and things that were, that we were the tradition and the importance of our tradition and how those rituals were mandated by God or directed to us by God because he knows us so well that he knows that for us to remember, we have to repeat mm. those actions. Right. So, so you began there by saying you were struck by the fact that, um, Liturgy came first, in other words, before scripture. Correct. So, so the thing happened, and then it was written about, written about later. later. Okay. Yes. So why why did that strike you? Do you know? I'm a, I, I'm a convert, and um, so my upbringing is Presbyterian, like Dr. Scott Hahn, and we have a tendency to be lean very heavy on scripture. Um. And for me, it was just the realization that there was something before the mm. word was written down, and it and it was um, God driven. So it you know the words written down that's God's word speaking, and that's alive and that's true. But the traditions of the Catholic Church of our faith um, has been there since the beginning of time. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, so then he's talking about the, the thing you were saying there, or one of the other things you said was that uh, the importance of ritual and we have to repeat things that remember. So the rituals that were given to God's people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament um, were given by God. Why was that important to you or why was that striking to you? Because those rituals were um, 
were surrounded by involved the covenants that God made with his people. And he his desire for us to be his children and <clears throat> for us to be in a family relationship with him. He wants us to be his sons and daughters, not not um, objects, not um, subject to him, but somebody that love. He wants us mm-hmm. to live him, love him freely back. Mm-hmm. And so he established these covenants with us throughout salvation history that would establish us as children, as his children. Right. And those all involved a covenantal promise and a ritual, the liturgy of um, breaking bread together, dining with him. Those were the things that um, fulfilled the oath, um, bound, not fulfilled it, but bound the oath, the promise. And then for us to remember that promise that he made with us, that he wanted us to be his children, we were to repeat those actions throughout time and share that with our children and the next generation and the next generation so that we would remember the promises that he made to us. So is there an example of, of a covenant and its uh, ritual that comes to mind that embodies what you're saying? Well, the obvious one is the Eucharist. Uh, and But for, well, let's start with the Old Testament. Okay, in the Old Testament, well, the one that struck out to me the most in here that I hadn't thought about before was creation. Okay. Um, and how um, that was the first... That was the first oath, um, and how uh, when he, creation was the first temple, mm. and um, how the the um, the sign of that covenant is the day of rest, because we were put here to worship God. That's what we're. That's what He created us for. Is to, to He loved us into existence. And he put us here so that we could love him back. And so he created the temple. He created, you know, creation. And on the seventh day, he set that aside and made that holy so that we could in turn love him back. This is one of the parts of the book, and and it's not just here. He talks about this many other places, but certainly in Letter and Spirit, um, that for whatever reason has been most intriguing to me lately as well. The fact that, that so oftentimes when people read Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we get into arguments about evolution yeah. and creationism or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's totally missing the point. It's totally missing the point. The point of creation, and we don't have time to go into that. Actually, that'd be a good idea for another podcast <laughs> to spend time unpacking this. But in summary, the point of the, of, of the creation narrative <clears throat> is exactly what you were just saying, that what we see here is not... Um, uh, a, a science lesson in cosmology, the creation of the material universe. It's about the fact that God is cre- Moses or whoever wrote Genesis is making a theological point about salvation history. Exactly. That God from the beginning created, as you were just saying, so I'm just repeating your words, um, that God created from the beginning universe to be a temple for us as his priests, as men and women, human beings, all of, us. all of us, as his priests to offer him sacrifice of praise, praise and, and worship thanksgiving. and thanksgiving and thanksgiving. That yes. was, that was his intent from the very beginning was 
the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Right. That, that was his intent. Right. And and the pinnacle of that was not day six when man and woman was created. It was, it was great, but it was the seventh day when he rested. The, the, the seventh day, the holy day, the number seventh is, that's the oath. Seven is oath. Sheva? Sheva, yeah. Sheva. Um, and it's profound that very it's very purposeful on God's part that right. when he means rest on day seven on the Sabbath, that's us fulfilling our part of the covenant back to God. We offer our praise and worship, but we enter into, in the new covenant this is fulfilled, we enter into God's rest, that eternal Father, exactly. Son, Holy Spirit, triune yes. love. Yes. Um, we should pause here. Who the heck are we? <laughs> if, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast from the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, and my guest co-host today is... Renee Leach. And we're talking about Dr. Scott Hahn's book, Letter and Spirit, which is the subtitle, I should mention, From Written Text to Living Word in the Liturgy. So it's about the uh, the um, intersection, if you will, between the connection between liturgy and scripture. Uh, if you have any questions about what we're discussing, you can reach us by email ignition at sfcatholic.org or on Twitter at sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. So this idea that creation, um, is a temple in which we offer our own liturgy to God through our praise struck you. Anything else with that? Or do you want to move on to another theme that, that, that really made an impact on you? Uh, I know where you're going with this. Um, no, we can move on. I think that's without getting into too much more of, okay. of that, because we could talk about that for yeah, we could. a long time. We should do that for another episode. As I said. <laughs> what else struck you? Um, I, I'm struck in this book about how um, liturgy is the place where Scripture is meant to be proclaimed. Say more about that. Um, so actually, first say it again. Li- the liturgy is the place where scripture is meant to be proclaimed. Okay, now explain that. The written word, the the when the gospels were written, and and well, even in Jewish time, um, with with. The Book of Moses and and Leviticus and and Exodus and all of those things. The place where those were proclaimed, read aloud, were during the liturgy, during the 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 rituals that people attended to worship God. Um, that's where Scripture belongs. Is and it it's meant to be heard. Um, uh, scripture was meant to be, even today, it's meant to be proclaimed. It's meant to be heard. And um, Jesus, when he began his ministry, had said, today, um, this is fulfilled in your hearing. Our, our faith is what we hear. It's right. not what we see. It's what we hear. Faith comes through hearing, St. Paul. Um, and so I'm I'm struck by the fact that um, while it's important to study scripture and to learn and to understand, and, and I get very excited about learning the culture and the history and the things that are going on, I need to be better about paying attention when it is being proclaimed during the liturgy, because that is when scripture is actualized. 
we are taken right there. We are um, recreating it. We are um, being pulled pulled back into it. It's being brought to us. It is alive and real and happening at the point in the liturgy, in the Mass, when it is being proclaimed. And I think of how many times that I go to Mass and I hear a reading that I've heard a thousand times before and my brain shuts off or yeah. I start thinking about what are we going to have for breakfast when we leave church and what are, you know, what, I wonder if I turn the iron off and, and those kind of things. And the living word of God is being spoken to me during that liturgy and it's an opportunity for me to be present in that moment. This point um, to me was actually, uh, or the, 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 issue that Dr. Hahn is addressing um, is made actually by one of the blurbs in the back by Professor Robert Louis Wilkin. He puts it this way in his, his praise for the book. What is different about reading the Bible in a classroom and hearing it read in church? That is the question Scott Hahn addresses in this lively and informative book. So again, what's the, diff- what's the difference between reading the Bible in a classroom and hearing it read in church? Or between reading the Bible in a, a Bible study? Or reading the Bible in my own personal prayer. What's the difference between that and her, and and hearing it read in church? There, the fact that even is a difference, Renee, I think would be uh, surprising to most Christians, including most Catholics. But that's that's part of the point of what you were just. That is the point of what you were just saying. As important and necessary as my own study of Scripture is on my own with others. Um, whether it's in my church or in in a, a, a college class, all of that is pointed towards the liturgy. That's when we're drawn in to the events that are happening at that moment. Exactly. So it's at the liturgy, as you were saying, uh, because this is a point that really that really uh, I'm taken with as well. It's in the liturgy that the words that we read on our own or the words that are read at the, in the liturgy, they happen in the liturgy. Exactly. They're as the word you used, they're actualized in the liturgy. So they're not just read when we think, and and we think about, Oh, you know what Jesus did during his healing of um, the man born blind, which was the reading from this last weekend, last Sunday. Um, That is happening in our midst. We're standing there watching it happening. We're watching Jesus do it. At the moment that it's taking place. Exactly. So this one-time historical event from 2,000 years ago is represented every time it's proclaimed in the liturgy. And you think about that. I mean, you think about that verse especially because that event caused division mm-hmm. amongst. And I I thought, okay, on which side of the line am I standing? If it caused mm. division, I mean, it changes the way you hear yeah, it does. It changes. Yeah, I'm there with the other. Yeah, so where, or or as you, because I'm in the same boat you are, um, oftentimes, am I oblivious to what's happening in my midst? Am I thinking about something that has nothing to do and unaware of the magnitude of what's happening in my in midst? That, yeah. yeah. One way. Uh, I don't remember if. Um, I don't think it was actually Dr. Hans. A point. This point was brought out uh, to me in a powerful way when, after the gospel is proclaimed, we see, we say, um, "Praise to you." The congregation says, "Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ." Mm-hmm. Think about. It. We're saying, "Praise to you, Lord." Like, 
Yeah, uh, no offense. As I get, no offense <laughs> to the priest or the deacon, but they're not Jesus. They're but they are acting in, in his, his place. place. And so we say to Jesus, who's those the, the words uh, describing his life and his teachings were just proclaimed, and we say praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, because not just as if because he has just spoken. He has just spoken. Literally. Literally. Has just spoken through the priest or the deacon. Jesus Christ has just spoken. And what he when he said it two thousand years ago, whatever that meant then means the same thing for you and I today. Exactly. So time is running short, Renee. We've got a, a, about two and a half minutes to go. Any any an, 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 a final theme that really struck you, just to tease the listeners listeners with. Um, and there's your dead silence that I'm. Um... <laughs> yeah, but we hear the rustling paper, so you're. you're... <laughs> What about you? What else struck oh. you? I'm going to put it back on you. Uh, the yep. the one thing um, that he said in there, which I just want to reinforce, is that liturgy and scripture goes together. It It's meant to be, scripture was written to be proclaimed right. during liturgy. Right. That was what it, that's, that was <clears throat> what it was written for. And it serves to it serves as a means to a common end, which is the establishment, renewal, and maintenance of a covenant relationship. Okay. So it goes back to it's all about that covenant, right? And it's all about what God giving us every opportunity to succeed in keeping our end of that covenant, and that liturgy and the scripture. That is, it, it's not a happy accident. It all happened, God put it in place to help us be obedient and to obey and to love him in return. So what, and because you, you touched on that um, at the beginning as well. So what's striking to me about that, um, and, and for me, this was uh, brought home in a, in a different uh, book that I read about a year or two ago. W- According to scripture, in the Bible, the first time the Bible was written, it was in the context of the covenant. The first, when we read the Bible, whereas the first time you see anything about uh, the the human author writing down what became the words of scripture, it's Moses at Mount Sinai writing down the book of the covenant or writing the beginning. So probably Genesis and what had happened at that point in what we now call Exodus. Uh, he, he wrote that down for us, for, for the people of God to ritualize through the covenant ritual. And what happened just before he wrote that all down? What? They built a molten calf. Right. <laughs> so God knew and Moses knew they had to write this stuff down because people weren't going to remember. Read the book. Read the book. Read the book. Maybe we'll talk about more in another episode. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> so, Renee. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition podcast in the iTunes store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.